There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement, and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Ellie Zolgar. Ellie's the Director of Product for Digital Solutions at MasterCard Canada. She is passionate about technology and innovation, and she has a knack for storytelling. She comes from a quantitative educational background. She started her career in consulting with a pivot to product and innovation, building new products in the digital space in payments, identity solutions, trading, and marketplaces. Ellie's also an instructor teaching the craft of product management at a global digital school. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rick. Happy to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you here. One of the first things we ask our guests to do is just give us a preview of what you'd like to talk about and what you hope they will take away from listening to the show today. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan of technology and innovation, and I've been involved with Startup Canada. I've seen the progress of some of the entrepreneurs in the Canadian market, bringing new products and innovations in this great country, and uh, I'm excited to talk about these topics today. Okay, great. We talked a little bit about your bio and 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 coming from a, a hard math background and getting into uh e-commerce and product development. Tell me about, just about that journey that, that took you from consulting to MasterCard. <laughs> uh, that's a great story and the one I, I, I love to uh, tell everybody about. Uh, when I started my career in consulting, uh, I was fortunate enough to be put with a team that focused on new product innovations. Uh, it was within banking, but my first reaction was, oh, my God, I feel like there was a window to a new world that just opened up. And I knew uh, right away that uh, product innovation is something that I would like to focus on. Um, so, yeah, ever since uh, that experience, I haven't looked back and I continue to be excited about product management and technology and innovation 
Um, and um, I'm just hoping that uh, my career progresses in the same trajectory that I hope it would. Well, you're where the action is. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yes. Uh, we've seen that the, the the COVID has really put a new spotlight on on e-commerce. We're sort of rediscovering it again for you know after you know about twenty years of ordering things <laughs> over online, <laughs> we're now really looking at at, at it uh, much more closely uh, for how it's going to progress going forward. Why do you think that an online presence for business is now more important? That's a great question. And you mentioned COVID. Uh, prior to COVID, me being in digital solutions and e-commerce, it felt a little bit biased that we thought e-commerce is going to be the future and it's growing very fast and it's taking over. But during COVID, we all saw the, the revolutionized uh, way of consumers shopping. Uh, we saw our insights show that there was an additional $900 billion globally that was spent online in 2020. And that's the power and that's the, that the impact that this pandemic brought in the reality of shifting from physical into digital. Sorry, okay, can you tell me that number again? I, I, think, I think it was too big for my brain. <laughs> yeah, $900 billion additional wow. that was spent online globally. It just it just shows you the impact that was brought in. Uh, we always knew that there is a shift from physical to digital, but just looking at this number, I, I feel like I had the same reaction as you did. I'm like, $9 billion, $90 billion? <laughs> No, $900 billion globally. Uh, and, you know, Canada, Canada is expected to remain one of the largest e-commerce markets in the world. Uh, right now, we are at number nine uh, e-commerce market globally. And Canadians have a very high digital adoption rate. Uh, so it's we think that because of the shift into e-commerce and because of the nature of Canada being a very large e-commerce market, and the habits of Canadian having this uh, digital adoption, uh, I guess, knack, uh, we think because of all of these reasons, it's super important to have an online presence. Uh, and it's becoming more important than ever with the pandemic and the shift that we saw. Right. I've, I've, I've read some sort of statistics somewhere that said that uh, half of all Canadian businesses still aren't on the internet. Am I, am I close to the number that you're working with? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe. We, we do measure the habits of the consumers because it's just uh, very difficult to quantify what businesses don't have an online presence. Me being in the digital space, we can only measure the habits that the consumers are, are uh, showcasing in the, in the online space. And what we've seen is that uh, more and more consumers, especially with this pandemic, are getting online. Uh, so right now, we, we think that half of the consumers, they've learned more uh, to shop online uh, during the pandemic. And uh, Canadians, again, uh, having this high digital adoption rate, they've over-indexed in frequency of online sh shopping uh, versus other markets globally. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I need to check that number. If half of the businesses are not are not online, if they're they're not, we do encourage them to pick up a digital strategy because uh, it's already started and we've seen the impact. It continues to be a key 
uh, essential factor of any business at any stage to have a digital strategy because that's where the shoppers are. Right. Um, just one more thing about me. Um, I've been buying stuff online for a very, very long time, but this was the first time I've ordered groceries online during COVID. <laughs> and the first time I, went, I, I left my house to pick them up, to pick things up. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that, 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 that last one is pretty, pretty, particularly interesting because home delivery is sometimes fraught. And I've found that the idea of going, going to the store but not going into the store and picking things up made a big difference for me and actually became uh, and turned uh, e-commerce into a more viable option. So am I typical or am I weird? I think, I think this is typical. No, you're not weird whatsoever. Um, prior to COVID, which was interesting, online grocery shopping did exist prior to COVID. And one thing that uh, we kept insisting on is that the way we do grocery shopping is the same way that probably our grandparents did grocery shopping. We just go to the stores and pick up the same tomatoes over and over again. And it's it's out to change because, yes, from time to time, I do want to experience uh, just interacting with the groceries and the produce that I'm, I'm buying. Uh, but uh, often it's a chore that I need to repeat every week. So I, I think that this was just, long overdue and and the pandemic kind of accelerated the shift that we saw and that you know a routine that we just thought is going is is here to stay just changed overnight that we had to do grocery shopping online and just pick them up or, or having it delivered so i absolutely don't think that that's a weird habit that you enjoy doing it and that's actually one question that we keep asking ourselves and I don't think we are the only ones who, who keep asking these questions that, you know, yes, with the pandemic, we saw the shift to digital, but are these habits are here to stay or not? Because we, things are somewhat going back to normal, especially in Canada with the vaccination rates that we have. Uh, things may go back to uh, somewhat of a normal sense, but we are definitely interested to see uh, are these habits to stay or are they going to fade as we go back to normal? And a lot of the research that's been done but by a lot of um, consulting firms or we've done uh, a, a research MasterCard through Cantor Canada, we think that some of these habits are going to stay with, uh, with the Canadians and uh, other consumers across the world um, because the research shows that three quarters of the consumers, uh, they will at least keep some, if not all, of their digital habits when things do go back to normal. Uh, grocery is an interesting one because we thought that it would always remain the way it was. Uh, there were solutions that we were saying here, here and there, but with the with the pandemic and the COVID, we think the shift to digital even lifted some of the habits that that were so ingrained into our into our daily lives, which was like grocery shopping or other ones, uh, and even those shifted into digital, and we think they are here to stay. So, for those entrepreneurs um, who are who are thinking, okay can't get by without a, a digital presence, without a digital storefront anymore. Um, what, what, how do you think they should get started? What, what, what are the top three things that they might need in order to, 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 to put their foot into this ocean? Mm -hmm. 
That's a great question, Rick. And me coming from, this is my instructor hat, um, teaching product management, because uh, as a product manager, you don't think that one size would fit all. So the best approach to any entrepreneur setting up their business in the digital space is to have a very thoughtful and mindful approach. Uh, and when I say that, what I, what I mean is that First and foremost, you need to understand your customers. I definitely know what they would be looking for uh, interacting with your product or your service online. Uh, at the same time, what's important is to research the big trends and build a strategy that would work for you and your business. So if you see an online business that is thriving, it doesn't mean that it would react the same way and it would translate the same way for your business. So what's super important and we keep insisting on, on this approach and the principles of product management is to have a very thoughtful approach. Don't replicate other people's businesses. Don't replicate a business that might have worked in a physical space. Think about your consumers online and think about what they expect to see uh, and at the same time, research some of the big trends, uh, the technology and innovation and some of the behaviors that you see from other businesses and build a strategy that would work for your business. And just refer, going back to the three things that the founders will need to focus on is no, 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 know your customers, know your market, know your big trends, build a strategy measure and learn from what you've built and reiterate. Uh, so just that, that just brings us back to the thoughtful approach of building a business online. You mentioned measuring and learning. You had to go and make it hard. So how do you suppose entrepreneurs should get, in, 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 should get started in measuring and learning uh, what their customers are up to? <laughs> Absolutely. And I love asking the hard questions because that's when I learn the most when people ask me the hard, the difficult questions. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting topic. And one thing that we focus on in product management a lot is what do we measure and what do we learn from uh, what we do measure? Uh, so the first reaction and, you know, the first response to, uh, to a lot of people when we're talking about measuring success is goes back to the sale numbers and the growth numbers, Was it, whether it's month over month, quarter over quarter, how much more sales do we have? And, you know, revenue, all the usual suspects are the ones that normally stick out when we are talking about measuring success. But what's underneath all of that and super important to think about is measuring your customer's journey through interacting with your product and services. Uh, because what we want to do is ultimately we want to build an experience. And since this experience is online, we don't have that one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face customer interaction. We need to learn from the customer's behavior uh, when they come online, whether it's your website, whether it's your Twitter account, your Instagram, however your channels are, uh, you would want to measure the interaction points uh, and the customer journey as they go through it. Uh, there is a funnel that they go through from start to end before they, they uh, complete a purchase. And 
every point of interaction, you would want to measure whether there is a dropout period or not, uh, because that's when you would find out if there is a pain point or if there is a friction that you could probably remove for your customers. So super important to reflect on your consumer journey and the point of interactions with your product and measuring if they go through uh, as, as much as you would want them to go through or do you have consumers dropping out at any of uh, these point of interactions? Because ultimately what you would want to build is a frictionless and easy experience and, uh, and hopefully fun and customizable to your customers. And you would learn a lot from uh, just thinking about the customer journey, the interaction points, and uh, how, uh, how they go through that funnel. Uh, one of the frictionless and easy purchases uh, that I've done is, you know, the payment piece. Like you've gone through a lot of things to select your product or service, and you're at the ultimate end point of completing a purchase. Uh, you don't want any friction there. You don't want to reach out for your purse or find your credit card number to complete the purchase or remember a password. Uh, so one thing that we've been working on is to um, create a very frictionless, interoperable uh, payment experience online when it comes to digital commerce, which is safe and secure. It knows you, it interacts with you, it has all your credit card information saved, and you're the only one that can access them, but without a password. So there, there, there is this great product called uh, Click to Pay that has been in the market uh, for the good part of 2021, so pretty recent. And we think that when it comes to payment piece, we want it to be frictionless, fun, and secure. So yeah, think about all these measures uh, as well as your uh, sales and growth and payment piece. Frictionless, easy, and fun. Okay, those are great words to remember as 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 we try and to, and create a, a good path for the customer uh, on their e-commerce journey with us. So that's tremendous advice. Thank you so much, and thank you for, for for anything that makes it easy to click and pay. That's exactly the thing that drives people crazy. But what are the 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 costs the, of running an online business? What should people be prepared for? My recommendation is don't start with something super expensive. You would want to start from something lean, uh, but at the same time, something that you could measure and iterate upon. Ellie, online businesses face one big challenge that traditional brick and mortar businesses don't, the customer's ability to physically interact with a product before they buy. So how can founders navigate this challenge in order to grow their online business? That's a very good question, Rick, because yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of merit in customer experience and making a personalized experience for each customer. Uh, when you move that from a physical space into a digital space, uh, there are challenges. Uh, but the important thing to hit uh, when making an online shopping experience or any online business, again, just going back to understanding your customer and remembering why they would go online. So what's the purpose of them going online as opposed to a, to a physical store? So think about that and think about making it an easy, fun, frictionless, and where possible, making it personalized. So although 
there are a lot of challenges uh, of, you know, not having that face-to-face interaction with your customers. But we think that you can think about, you know, what are one of some of the best bits of a traditional brick-and-mortar store and whether you can digitize them or not. If you can, yes, definitely do so. But at the same time, think about the differentiation that could be brought in. Uh, within a digital space, which was not possible in an online shopping experience. Think about the all the additional information and specifications that you can you can think about offering to your clients upfront in a digital space, which would have been really, really difficult to offer them in a physical space. So you can you can add a lot of descriptions and customizable content um, to your shoppers uh, online. There's a lot of technology to attach uh, to an online experience. Uh, we've seen an augmented reality within the furniture stores that you, know, you, you can visualize a furniture at your home. Uh, these are all made available and possible in a digital space, which would have been super difficult to do so in a physical space. So although we're missing that face-to-face interaction with the customers, but we think that you know, offering a new way and a fresh way for your customers who may go to a digital store for totally different reasons, whether it's efficiency, whether they are in a remote place, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, it could be many, many different reasons. It's it's, uh, after hours and I'm still like shopping and all the other stores are closed. So there's a lot of um, uh, opportunities that we think a digital space could offer that would make up for the loss of uh, the the face-to-face interaction uh, in a physical store. Yeah, I love it. I love it when the retailers add some imagination and and do those things, such as uh, the, the you know visualizing furniture that's for sale in your in your own house. So yeah, it it it's amazing how when you think about the problem, you can actually find multiple ways to make the experience better than going to the store and seeing boxes on shelves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Absolutely. a little bit more imagination and creativity can go a long way. Let's quickly switch gears and talk about another aspect of selling online and that's cybersecurity. How necessary is cybersecurity for startups? Are, is it only relevant to startups in tech or should everybody uh, start learning and, and measuring all about security? Super important. I can't emphasize how important cybersecurity is for any business uh, in the digital space. Uh, it's it's unfortunate, but hackers don't discriminate because you're a small business. You're not really protected from cyber attacks. Uh, so we think that if there is a digital component to your business, um, their cybersecurity should be a p- big part of your operations and your strategy. But the good thing is that you don't need to learn a whole lot about cybersecurity because, you know, there are a lot of resources that offer this service um, for entrepreneurs. Uh, so what's important to keep in mind is do not neglect cybersecurity. Uh, no one is protected when it comes to uh cyber and there are hackers who are always looking for for vulnerabilities uh, to get inside so don't don't ever neglect that but at the same time 
there are a lot of resources that you can leverage as an entrepreneur. Uh, there are a lot of third-party vendors uh, that offer uh, opportunities and resources, uh, some of them for free, uh, which could be leveraged. Uh, and, and so it, 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 it all depends on how much you want to learn about cybersecurity. If you want to learn a lot, go nuts. There are a lot of courses you can you can you can learn about cybersecurity, but at the same time, if if you're not a big fan and you just want to set up some sort of uh, service uh, to protect your business, there are a ton. When it comes to cybersecurity, can you just give me some idea? Um, are the hackers always going to be a, ahead of us? Uh, it, it, does one have to always be repositioning and redefending and learning more and and putting up? higher and higher barriers what, what, what does the future look like in cybersecurity? Are, or are we going to solve this problem um i'm hopeful i think hackers are super sophisticated as you know as more and more um commerce is moving into the digital space i think hackers will get more and more sophisticated in finding vulnerabilities but i think that at the same time companies uh, and entities, whether it's government, global companies, technology companies, uh, I think they're going head in head uh, trying to protect the digital space. Uh, so there is a lot of innovation that's happening in, in, the, in the cyberspace in terms of protecting um, and using more and more innovative way to protect consumers online. You know, before we had passwords, we made passwords more difficult. It was more difficult to remember those passwords than they were password management services that were offered to customers. But now things move to biometric. Uh, biometric is, is more uh, connected to a person uh, as an individual, whether it's your fingerprint, whether it's your face. But we think that, you know, by moving from passwords into biometrics, we made that leap into making the digital space more secure when it comes to uh, login. Uh, it's a lot more frictionless. So we talked about having a fun frictionless experience. But at the same time, there are these added layers of security to make sure that whoever is accessing a profile is the rightful person to access that profile. Uh, so... We think that passwords would be, I think, in the past, hopefully soon, uh, and then biometrics and, and, you know, like just there are a lot of innovations in biometrics. So it's just, um, you know, there is a lot of behaviors that goes into me as an individual interacting with my phone, with my computer. So there is a great deal of information that could be leveraged to uh, build a digital profile of a person uh, so that they can be used to authenticate the person without asking for a password, uh, which we think is more uh, secure uh, and at the same time frictionless. Uh, so we think that uh, we are ahead, but at the same time, we can never be sure because hackers are getting more and more sophisticated as well. But what's important is that as your business grows, so should your cyber um, strategy. Uh, so don't neglect it. Think about it. Make sure it's updated. Um, and yeah, as your business grows into more channels, make sure that you protect those channels. Right. So that sounds like a plan. Obviously, um, e-commerce can get very, very complicated over time. 
but uh, start where your customers are, understand them, measure them, grow with them. And as you uh, build up that business, you also build up the resources to defend it and expand it. So I, I, I think it sounds like a, like, like a pretty good strategy. <laughs> I think so. And you summarized it really well. I should take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So Ellie Zolgar from MasterCard Canada, we usually finish a podcast by asking for one more tip, if you got it, your best, most actionable piece of advice that entrepreneurs can implement in their businesses today. Have you got one for me? I do. And I think I can't say it enough, but know your customer. There is nothing more important than understanding the, the customer because you can build the best robust strategy and product and offering and technology. And if you didn't get your customer right, uh, it could be uh, not as successful as you would have hoped. So one tip that I would think is key is to know your customer, know what you're, who you're going after and why you're going after them and what's their purpose. And keep in mind that they may not know themselves what their purposes are when they go online. It's, it's our job as product managers, as, as builders of products and innovation uh, to, uh, to figure those out, just uh, observing the customer's behaviors and interactions online. So I can't emphasize more on, uh, on, on, on that specific topic of understanding your customers and observing the, their behaviors and bringing it back home and having a thoughtful strategy. Uh, it's just one thing that I keep insisting on. Right. And know your customer is, is always good advice. But the interesting thing is in the e-commerce world, the better you know your customers, the more they interact with you and the more data you get in order to understand them and the more trust you build so that maybe you can learn more about them over time through through their behaviors, through their responses to your marketing or whatever. So, it's, so it can be a, a really virtuous circle if we get this right. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Ali Zolgar, thank you so much for uh, giving this, uh, giving us this very timely look at e-commerce and reminding us that it's not too late to get on the bandwagon and giving us some really great strategies uh, for growing our businesses online and serving our customers in whole new ways. Thank you so much, and we'll check in again with you another time. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Rick. This was great. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.